one worry you're like you know if if you're like 10 or under even you know 13 or like oh what am I gonna do with my life does anyone really worry about that or do you just dream about it do you guys dream about it kids you guys dream about what you're gonna do you get the questions oh what do you want to do with your life and you have these awesome ideas that all the grown-ups say that's not very realistic right does that make sense Kids, you guys don't worry very much, do you? Are you stressed out a lot? You're really stressed? Kids, are you stressed out? You're so anxious every day about all the responsibility that you have? No. You're not answering me. Maybe you're really stressed. I don't know. I hope not. I remember as a kid, I wasn't very stressed out. Do you guys remember as kids? Not a care in the world. We were free. Dad's got it taken care of. Mom's got it taken care of. You know, our daily bread wasn't a worry. You know, it was, it was getting made for us. It, we, we just, not a care in the world. Not a care in the world. We're going to kind of talk about that today. Um, we're going we're gonna to pray quick. I, in thinking about what I wanted to talk about, I kept reframeworking everything. I, I wrote a, a few pages out, and then I went through, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then I wrote a couple more pages out, and I was like, no, that's wrong. So then I started reformatting it. Well, no, I want to say this over here, and then I want to say this over here. And I want to talk about this, because we need to talk about this first, and then, and then so we'll see what happens. Um, but we're going to talk about faith, and we're going to talk about um, heavenly perspective and living um, from God's perspective. But, so let's just pray. So Father, I just thank you um, for today. Um, I thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, um, the, the glorious riches um, that we have um, as an inheritance. Father God, I thank you for eternal life. Um, We thank you for you, Jesus. Just be, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Um, Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, One thing I want to do, again, we've, I've I've loved the music. I love the songs today. Um, I mentioned briefly to John what I kind of wanted to talk about, but the songs were perfect. You know, our God is greater. I mean, all these songs were just so filled with faith, so filled with goodness, so filled with salvation. So I just want to just take a moment and just contemplate our salvation. Okay, just contemplate it. And just think about it. Just think about Jesus. Now, there might be things, you know, right away, you know, in your mind that come up as kind of like to distract you. Just things that are going throughout the day or that have happened this week or, you know, prayer burdens. That's okay. Let them come. Just take them. Cast them onto the Lord. Just think about eternity. We're going to heaven, seated with Jesus. The end has been written. (laughs) I've been getting so whacked about (laughs) eternity lately. It's so, sometimes the thing, things with God become so commonplace to, to me and I think to us. And we talk about them, and we reflect on them, and we say, oh, thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you. I have to stand behind the speakers. Um, and, but I've just been getting my mind blown by how just the ridiculousness of, I'm going to move this down, of salvation. It's so crazy. It's mind-blowing. Something we didn't deserve at all, and then we get it, and it's eternal, and it's forever, and it's with God. I've been doing a, a fun, it's not really a game because it's really real, but a fun um, 
reflection time with some of the, my roommates and, and with Kevin especially. Ready, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just too dignified sometimes. And, and, I've, and I look to Kevin and I say, hey, Kevin, what's the sound of salvation? <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Hallelujah! Woo-hoo! Yeah! Awesome it is. Way, mo- way more than that. Like, way, 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 way more than that. You know, like, our, we won't have a bad day in heaven, but our worst day in heaven, you know, we'll, like, our happiest day on earth will be like chronic depression in comparison to, 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 to one day in heaven. Amen? Like, it's so crazy. And it's not commonplace. It's absolutely, ridiculously awesome. And it's all grace, and it's all glorious, and it's all in a person named Jesus and our, and our faith. And, and we forget about it sometimes, and we get all distracted by all this other stuff in life. And we get so bogged down by all these cares and these worries that God tells us not to worry about. We'll get to that. So, just if you're going throughout the day and you're just feeling a little down, then just be like, heaven, oh yeah, salvation, oh yeah. Should 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 be a, a good good thing. Numbers thirteen. Twenty-five through thirty-three. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'll summarize it. So the Israelites are freed from Egypt and and they come the first time. <laughs> Numbers 13, 25. So they come to the promised land, and they, they, and they send in some spies to go investigate. Right? So they, they go into the promised land. They go investigate the, the new land that God has promised them. Okay, we have to remember that. Previously, God promised them the promised land. That's why it's called the promised land. God said, I will give it to you. I will hand it over. So they go into the promised land, and they, they're walking along, and they're, they're seeing what there is to see. Well, eventually they come back, and we, and uh, 27, and so 10 of the spies said, and they told them, we came to the land which you sent to us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They had brought a big thing of grapes back. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go at once and occupy it, for we are able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against these people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying that the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And, and there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, and we seemed ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. 
We have two perspectives of the same experience. Same exact experience. Same giant tall people, same abundance, two responses. What was the difference? Faith. For, one, for, for, for two people, and it's interesting that it was the minority, they believed God. God said, I'll give it to you. They said, deal, look, it's really awesome. Let's go. They didn't even question it. It's like, whoo! They, di they didn't even mention the giants. They didn't even mention the, the obstacles in their path. Now, the other one were so overwhelmed. They, they, they didn't believe in God's ability and God's power, and so the obstacles in their path were really, really big, and they seemed unconquerable. Um, and, and so they actually didn't um, go take the promised land at that time. So faith, that, that's supposedly, and it is, but it's supposedly what we're marked by as Christians, that, that we know God, that we, that we have faith. And, and having faith changes everything. I loved what you shared, um, your story, even just about death. That even the extremes of life, that there's a way, that there's a heavenly perspective that we put everything in accordance with where it actually is in reality. And, and it helps us not, not deal with it, but we actually see it in truth, which changes completely our perspective um, as, as we do this life thing. Um, in, in our lives, when we become self-focused instead of Christ-focused, our problems seem really large. And we, and we end up telling God and other people how big our circumstances and struggles are. But really, we should be telling our circumstances how big our God is. Amen? We need to be telling them how big our, our God is. A renewed mind is simply faith. It is living outside of ourselves. It is living outside of our circumstances. Faith, trust in God. Okay, I've, I've either, I either have a lot of trust in my weakness or I have a lot of trust in God's strength. I can't have both. If I actually realized my weakness, then I would rely on him because I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. And then if I actually believed on him, then I would be relying on his strength and he would be manifesting that strength through me and doing things above and beyond my capacity. Amen? But, but we get stuck. And we get stuck and we look at ourselves and we look at our circumstances and we feel like all these things are insurmountable and oh, all this, this pain in my life or these insecurities that I face or the... Um, the, the struggles that I have in relationships are so big. That's not true. Okay, they, they might, I'm not, I don't want to, dim, to diminish the importance of those things, but I kind of want to diminish the importance of those things. <laughs> I, I, I kind of do. I, I don't want to say that they don't impact us, but, but I want to say they've been taken care of. There's a, there's a greater reality. There's, there's a trust. There's a hope. There's a victory. Um, there's something that's above and beyond ourselves. And I think that it's important that we um, approach those circumstances in faith and that we treat them um, with one another and with each other with, with faith. We say... This happened to me, or, or, you know, this happened, I did this, I did that, I did this. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, well, I did this. 
You know, we say, I'm struggling under the curse. Jesus said, I broke the curse. We say, I'm in bondage to sin. Jesus said, I set you free. We say, I'm far apart from you, God. Jesus says, I brought you close. We say, I'm unworthy. God says, well, of course, but get over it because I died for you. Anyway, I purchased you. I purchased you. Accept who you are in your rebirth. We think we can lose our salvation. We're all freaked out about going away from God. God says, I won't let you fall out of the palm of my hand. We say, I'm so weak. God says, good, so don't rely on yourself. We say, I stumble so easily and fall all the time. God says, there's no temptation common to man that I haven't given you a way out of. Amen? So, so what's the... We, we, we become introspective. We, we start looking at ourselves rather than looking at God, looking at Jesus. And so then our faith is limited because everything is done under the capacity that we have to handle a situation or handle a circumstance rather than God's, God's ability. The gospel, I think, is really freedom from ourselves in a lot of ways it's really freedom from ourselves that that the salvation the goodness it's all about a person and a person named Jesus it's all things that are outside of ourselves even outside of our response in some ways you know that salvation is given to us like Christ died for us while we were still sinners that's crazy you know that that's mind-boggling we get so caught up um, in, in all these things that that God wants to, to renew our minds about. Um, and so we, we even end up, I just want to talk a little bit about, we, we end up living our Christian lives even self-focused. We, we, we think that God wants to give us perfect circumstances, that he, you know, cares, that he really wants to make us comfortable. Um, and and that's, that's not true. And... But, but we struggle, we struggle with that. And, and part of the, I think the root of that is kind of dualism. We say there's spiritual and there's natural and there's, you know, you know this separatist lifestyle where I'm doing my life, God's a dude that's out there, and I'm petitioning God to help me out in my life track. That makes sense? Does anyone relate to that? I've done it. I, I do it sometimes. And I'm walking along, and it's like, oh, I have all this stuff that I want to do and all these things that I want to see done and all this stuff that I want to feel and don't want to feel and want to go through and don't want to go through. And God, you're going to be my little helper and my divine vending machine you know, to kind of help me out as I formulate my life. Now, it's true that God really cares about you know, us, and he, and he wants to give us the desires of our heart, and he wants to transform us, and he's with us, and he, and he walks with us. Um, but, but the gospel sets us free so that we live for something that is above and beyond ourselves that's bigger than us. We start living for the glory of God. We start looking at situations, even death, even struggle, um, as opportunities to reflect his light and his glory. Um, one, one of the ways of suffering, one of the ways that we misinterpret scripture because we're, we become self-focused rather than God-focused is suffering. And, and there's a few different things, ways that scripture talks about suffering. Um, one of them, you know, is personal struggle and strife. God says, I come to heal the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord. The Spirit's the comforter. Hallelujah. We need him. Maybe you're, you're in a place where you need that. 
you know, God comes to provide that, to, to walk with us, to counsel us, um, to, to, to shower us with love and goodness. So, so there's that, that kind of struggle. Now, I don't think that's the normal kind of struggle that Scripture talks about. You know, we, we, we take that idea and then we attribute it to a lot of Scripture like, I'll boast in my weakness. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I will exult in my suffering. But, but that's, that's not what the scripture there is talking about. It's not talking about that. That's talking about persecution suffered for the sake of Christ. Like I'm walking out, Paul's out blazing a trail, you know, for the kingdom, and people hate it and don't like him, so they're persecuting him. He says, I boast in my weakness. Well, we see in 1 Corinthians 7 what those weaknesses are. And he says, shipwrecks, persecutions, whippings, beatings, imprisonments, all these things for the sake of Christ. But when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You know, we're, we're so good about making it about ourselves that we even, you know, we're like, okay, so well, salvation wasn't about me, but clearly this, this other part of life of, you know, is about me. And even uh, oh, dying to myself, well, that's about me. You know, and we say, well, I die daily. Again, Paul is talking about a reality where he's like, I'm on, my head's on the chopping block every day. I go outside and someone might kill me. He's like, but I don't care. That God is so good. He's like, if I death, it's, it's, it's gain. He's like, hey, I get to go be with Jesus. You know, he was so consumed. He was so set free from himself. He was so set free from the, the world and the cares of the world and worrying about what other people thought of him and all these different, you know, desires and expectations. And we have so much expectations on our lives that just throw us in the dump. And we, we're not rejoicing and exuberant about the life that God has for us because we're worried and concerned about all the wrong things. You know, and, and we see the kind of mentality that comes out of faith and out of a Christ-centered, you know, you know goodness. And, and, you know, and so, so we can say there, there is a reality. Deny yourself. Like there's times when, okay, my thoughts aren't his thoughts right now, and, and I'm wanting these things that aren't of God. Okay, I need to say deny, deny myself. No, that's very true. But the, but the gospel, throughout Scripture, God continually hands you your death certificate over and over and over because you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live for the glory of God. Consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to Christ Jesus. Um, there's some more. Who else knows some? Your death certificate. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that Christ died for all, therefore all have died. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your life is not your own? You've been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify Christ in your body. James talks about our life is just a mist here for a short time and then gone, that we've been created for the glory of God. We've been created to carry out the kingdom. We've been created to love one another and live a lifestyle that is completely contradictory to the world's statement. And, and, we, and when we step into a, to a situation, we start having a renewed mind. We start seeing everything in truth. So even problems in our lives, we start seeing as opportunities. We see, we, we see in Job, the real test of Job, you know, that, that Satan said was, the only reason why he loves you is because of all the stuff he, you give him. So God says, okay, take it away. And he does. Completely ruins his life. What does Job do? He doesn't renounce God. It's not that he didn't struggle. It's not that it wasn't really sad. It's not that, you know, all that thing wasn't hard. But he's like, the Lord is good. I'll praise him. I will praise him. We are, we are lights to a, to a world. We... we where our source of life and fulfillment is in a different reality than the rest of the world. Our fulfillment doesn't exist here. 
It's in eternity. We've been given everything so that all the cares of the world won't toss us back and forth. And that people will be like, you should not be happy right now because of A, B, C, and D. And, and you said, yes, but I should be happy right now because of Jesus. Woo! And people are like, that's crazy. I know, I'm really crazy. You know, Paul was so obsessed with this. He was so obsessed. He's like, you know, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Everything I've gained, I now consider rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's like, I have learned to be content no matter the circumstances, whether in sickness or health, whether in wealth or poverty. He's like, I've learned the secret you know, to, 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 to this just crazy fulfillment. Well, why? Well, because he, he realized that his, his life was taken care of, that nothing else mattered. Death no longer had a hold of him. He didn't even care about dying anymore. He was just so free. He was so set free from himself. He was like, I'm free from, I love Todd White. He talks about this a lot. He's like, I'm free from me and I'm free from you. I'm free from me and I'm free from you. I don't care what you think about me. You know, man-pleasing is, is, is such a hard thing that we deal with. You know, but, but again, you know, I might be talking about this and you'd be like, well, yeah, that, you know, that's me. Or, well, wow, I need more faith. Or, wow, yeah, I want to live more free from myself. Well, the answer is not, you know, starting to go introspective. Oh, I've got to look at myself. I've got to do that. Well, those giants are going to start looking really big. And, and, and it's not going to be, what, what do we need to do? Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Think about heavenly things, you know, and, and fix our eyes on, on what is above, not as what is below. We need to, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, think about such things. Take every thought captive to Christ. Romans 12, 2 says that we should not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Like, what happens if we actually do that? Like, the thing that's been blowing, like, literally just blowing my mind lately has been, like, when I'm actually contemplating salvation and eternal life. Like, I'm actually thinking about it. I'm actually dwelling on it. I'm actually, you know, sitting there just thanking God for it. Wow, that, it radically changes my day. Radically changes. A- absolutely. I can't, I, I just sit there and laugh sometimes, or I just shake, or I fall over. Like, I'm just like, wow! Like, it's just so nuts and so crazy. It's just, ah! Like, it is. And, and we're so distracted, and I want us all, I would love just to have a big party in here, and we could just all, like, dance around, and because and, and, that's the expression of faith. Faith, the expression of faith is, is, is trust, it's, it's hope, it's joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not about us. If we look at ourselves, we're going to feel miserable. If we look at Jesus, we're going to feel really darn good. We will. You, you can't help it. You can't help it but feel good if you're seeing him in truth. You can't help it um, but, but not feel condemned. Why? Well, because the gospel says that it wasn't about me and it was about him and he gave me what I didn't deserve and he took on what I deserved so I could have what he deserves. It's not about me. It sets me free from me. Now, now I forget that and you forget that. And then we're walking along and we stumble and then I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really condemned. Well, why are you feeling condemned? Did you think that you should have been able to do it and you didn't do it? That's why we feel condemned. That's the only reason. It's not because Jesus all of a sudden turned and condemned you. He's like, well, no, that's why I came to die in the first place. So what do we do? We confess our sins to see that they're already forgiven, and we, and we walk in repentance, and we change our minds. We say, oh, yes, I'm walking in the light. You know, I'm good. God's really good. Jesus is really good. And, and there's no reason for condemnation. It's really only unbelief. Guilt is really, you know, shame is really only unbelief. Now, it's, it's fine. They're, they're precursors to faith. So it's good, but, but what if we started treating and talking 
about all these things and talking to each other. I don't know if I'm going to be able to communicate this very well. About, like, that expects faith. So often in, in communities, I expect unbelief. And I, I expect people to, to react and interact in, un, in unbelief, in condemnation, in fear. And, in, but, but, and, and it's not like you ignore those things or, or you don't deal with them when, when they're there. But what if we even started changing our language, and we started changing our expectation, and we started you know, changing everything, and, and we created a culture of faith? Now, we have that all in some degree, but I, I think that there's, you know, farther up and farther in, there's a lot more. Uh, where that came from, um, where, where it's just, just full, that we can be fully satisfied. Now, there's a reality. If you don't want to be righteous, it's not good news when Jesus says you are. Like, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're living life and you don't care about the glory of God, you know, well, you know, if you're walking around in life and, and you don't want to be set free from some things, well, in Jesus, you know, proclaims your freedom, it's not good news. You don't really care. So of course you're not going to be set free from you because you don't really you don't, you don't have the things of God in mind. You have the things of man in mind. Which is what Jesus rebukes Peter for. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because you will be thirsty all the days of your life just really wishing and straining and trying to attain it. No. For you will be satisfied. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. We, we're the ones that complicate everything. We're the ones that, that just fill everything with, with complexity. We're, we're, we, we make everything so hard, and Jesus makes it so easy. And what if the, the narrow road wasn't narrow because it was difficult, but because it was so darn easy that we kept frustrating ourselves in accepting the goodness that God was, was giving to us? Faith says this. Faith says, I give you my righteousness. That's what Jesus says. And then faith says, deal. Dunzo. I needed that. <laughs> uh, whew, yes. All right. I'm there. Hallelujah. Unbelief says, oh, no, no. I don't know. It probably doesn't work quite work that way. You know, God, I don't know if you've looked at my circumstances lately or my experience lately or the way I felt or my activity lately. And she's like, stop looking at yourself and just look at me. Your, your redemption, your, the, the wholeness of salvation. It's all about Jesus. It's all about fixing our eyes on him. Um, one kind of study I've been doing lately and just realizing so much, how much revolves around Jesus. Redemption is a person. Wisdom is a person. Sanctification is a person. You can't look at him and not be transformed. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We just keep looking at him, beholding his glory, and then we're transformed from glory to glory. It's not this introspective, I'm going to dig out all my crap, you know, be really depressed about it. Now, God might reveal something in you that he wants to do, it, but it's going to be like, whoo, yeah, God spoke to me, and now I get to deal with that, and I'm going to see him in, in light, and I'm going to see him in wholeness, I'm going to experience more of his, his grace and, and his goodness. Um, but it's all about the person of Jesus. He's the mystery. He's the wisdom. Um, he's the, the, the glory itself. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. I think that's all I'm going to do right now, but... I hope that made sense at all. But, but it's just so good. Life is just so good. Life is just so exciting. We can own life and we can experience it all or we can be owned by life. Just the fact of being thankful. 
and it says, give thanks in all circumstances. Well, maybe not all, Lord, right? No, all of them. Now there's a practical side. Give thanks. See, see how it transforms things. It's amazing. It's crazy. Death looks differently. Sickness looks differently. You know, struggle looks differently. Um, challenges look differently. Persecution looks differently. People insulting you looks differently. Um, Todd White talks about, uh, he had this great story that I really like to share, but he got cut off in traffic. And, and so he speeds up, catches up to the guy at a light, rolls down his window. And the guy rolls down his window ready for a fight. And Todd White looks at him and says, you have pain in the left side of your neck. I heal you in Jesus' name. And the guy's like, we have no right to be angry anymore. We have no right to be, to be disturbed anymore by people's behavior. We have no right to, to, be, to be cautious or worried about the way other people think of us. We have no right to be offended anymore. We have no right to worry about how other people are going to behave. We have no right to, to be concerned about any of those things, how I'm treated, any of that. It's, it's all taken care of. It's all good and it's all glorious and we can all just take a really deep breath and we can start looking to Jesus okay I'm done praise God let's respond to this what do you think what do you think about what you just heard that's right okay anything else Ted, does it does it make sense what what he's talking about? Is it is it real? Can it be real in your life, or do you think this is going to be hard to pull off? It's awesome, isn't it? It's true. Okay, he's he's asking us if if we can do a little jig here. Okay, he's a good coach. It's good to, good to hear this, isn't it? Good going. It was good to hear good. it for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want to do that in a small group. But uh, let's hoot and howl just for about 20 seconds or just up and jump a little bit if you want to. Just, you don't have to. You know, if, that, if you're not there, that's okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the, the question. Couch. So, uh, hang on, everyone fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, goodness itself. What is the sound of salvation? <laughs> yeah! Woo! Yeah! Hallelujah! Praise God! Woo! It's a Okay, small group of, of three, four, no more than four. Spin around. Bef- before we, we end, we're going to have a benediction in just a few minutes, but before we end, just spin around, find two or three other people, and pray this. Pray this for them. Pray it for yourself. Pray. Pray for God to give you that kind of outlook. Go ahead, spin right now. Just start turning. Find, find a couple other people. This is not time to, to talk or trying to fellowship.
but it's to, to bring it home, to bring this true, truth home. Two or, two or three. Good going, Dan. <laughs> 